Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Focal Point podcast with Angela Marafino and Chantel Sims. In order to continue evolving as a forward-thinking industry that accepts others as they are, we need to hear more stories from diverse individuals regarding their struggles and successes throughout their careers in technology. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. And my name is Chantel Sims, and this is Focal Point. And today we have Gabrielle Butball joining us. Hi, Gabby. How are you? Good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so happy to have you here. Um, (laughs) Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you do uh, in cybersecurity? Yeah, sure. So um, I am an offensive security consultant at Desjardins, which is a Canadian financial services cooperative and the largest federation of credit unions in North America. And so my work consists in attacking systems to check if they are safe, and then I will produce like a vulnerability report about it. And I am also a blogger and a podcaster on my blog, CS by GB. And I am VP Communications at NORSEC Conference. Awesome. Thank you. That's so many. <laughs> Another badass guest here on Focal Point. <laughs> I, love, I love how everyone, there's not, it's not just like one thing, right? Everybody's doing so many things. It's so awesome. It really is. I love it. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got into pen testing? And like, yeah, we'll start there. That's a good one. Okay. So... It was a long journey because, so I I come from a conservative family. So computer science and technology, like this was not considered as a job and even less for the girl I was. So so I did not choose uh, scientific studies at first. So I went to uh, dramatic arts and acting. (laughs) And at the same time, I was a receptionist in a luxury hotel in Paris. And in my spare time, I would program websites about theater and art and played massive multiplayer role game, you know, MMORPG, and uh, also created discussion forums. But, you know, this passion for technology, it kind of grew. And so I wanted to better understand those tools. And so that's how I got into computer science. So I was like going back to studies with a literature background. So it was hard, but I I was very, very passionate and I was very motivated. But in my cohort, we were only like uh, two women for 30 men. So so this motivates me to to give my time also to women communities. I started to work as a dev after my studies and I liked it, but still something was missing. So, you know, like, how can I make my apps more secure? And how could I, you know, engage in the values that I cherished? So I looked up online and I became very passionate about pen testing and, and cyber peace. So I made myself a self-studying program to get into pen tests. And 
And yeah, that's how I got here. And I got hired in, in Canada as a pen tester. Oh, that's so cool. So how long have you been in Canada now? Uh, since September 2019. Oh, wow. How's life there? How do you feel? It's awesome. I mean, it's uh, people are open and, uh, you know, because, well, I, I, I kind of uh, feel like, you know, my experience in France was more as a developer. So, but if I had to compare, what I can say is that, you know, France is a country that only swears by diplomas and not by, uh, you know, profiles that are different. And so in France, like many other countries, you, you do not really have uh, room for different profiles. I mean, it's even disturbing, you know? <laughs> so uh, Canada actually gave me a change with my profile and they saw it as trends and an asset. So the difference is like in a conservative country that wants the elite to look the same and stay the same and the country that wants talent to make an economy work, you know? And also as a lesbian woman, I, I feel more welcome than in France because like for instance, at, at Desjardins, I feel comfortable to, to be who I am and, and to grow in my career because it's hard to be a woman, but it's also hard to be from the LGBTQ plus community. So yeah. uh, it's good because in Canada, I don't feel this pressure. Mm -hmm. That's so great. Oh, wow. Yeah. I actually know nothing about France except for, for French, the language. But yeah, that's interesting. That's also good to know. So I met Gabrielle in Paris. Wait, what? Yes. Yeah, so like when when I was still like running Losec Denver or just started doing that. Wait, uh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you were in Paris, like where the Eiffel Tower is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. I'm sorry. I get, I get around, Chantel. Yeah, um, you do. I, I had no idea. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I know we have a chapter leader there. I'm going to check it out. And I like contacted Gabby and was like, hey, um, do you want to meet up? <laughs> and, it was, and we could talk about cybersecurity or just like whatever. And she was so wonderful. And we went on a little tour of like the, I don't know, one of the neighborhoods um, and she showed me all the cool things to eat and some fancy places to shop and oh my god places that I probably shouldn't go into because they were probably really expensive and she gave me some really <laughs> good tips but it was so lovely to just like have that network and just say I'm in another country I want to talk to somebody who has similar a similar interest in technology yeah. and background uh, and just see what it's like and so that was amazing and and that's when I really started to see like how cool networking with people in your community can be even if right it's what we hung out for what like maybe an hour right um yeah. but we've been friends ever since <laughs> yeah I, and i mean cool. it's like we we already had something to talk about so it was much more easy because i i'm kind of shy so it, it was cool to you know we had the same interest so we already had a, a conversation to to do and and so it went very, very smoothly. And so it was the coolest. It was great. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little jealous that I wasn't there. Uh, I've never been to France or Paris. You gotta um, go. Okay, so next time we all meet in Paris, okay? Let's do it. Listen, we have like standing reservations with other previous guests. 
that have been on the show. So, Wait, but first yeah. we need to go to Canada because Canada is now open. The border is now open. Oh, it is. And I've never been to Canada and it's much closer than France. I've looked at Canada yeah. when I lived in Detroit. I used to stare at it all the time whenever we were like downtown. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can see it across the, the lake there. Uh, but no, I haven't been either. So we're going to meet you, Gabrielle, in Canada and we're all going to go to Paris. Yeah, you all heard it here. We're going to do some road trips. Uh, <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. But yeah, so one of the things that always interests me, and uh, every time I talk to Gabby, I'm like, so how's Canada compared to France? And like, I, I just keep asking because every time I think it's so cool that she was able to easily transition to another country and kind of like get her dream job. And it may not be as easy as it, as you made it sound, but are there any tips that you have for people who are, are thinking about moving to another country where they may be more accepting of people who do self-taught learnings and, and non-traditional education? Well, Canada is very good <laughs> because uh, as I say, they are open to this type of profiles, but in general, I would say don't be afraid. Whatever country you like, just go for it and try because if you try and if you're motivated, it can only work. And if it doesn't work, you always have a plan B. So it's okay. You you always figure out something. You have to be really courageous to say like, hey, I'm going to go and just move to a whole nother country. Like it's one thing to move to a whole nother state, you know, but like to say, oh yeah, I'll, I'll go to Canada from France. Like, you were really brave. Well, I mean, it, it was not that difficult because I had the job before moving. So it was really something uh, I was sure would, would work. Mm -hmm. And also, I've been in Canada 10 years ago. Uh, well, 10 years before. No, it's been 12 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I really loved it. So I actually went with my girlfriend and we removed uh, again here with my girlfriend. So... Well, we really loved it. We, we really fell in love with the country. So we, we had to come back and, and try, uh, you know, to, to stay. So, Wait, so, so same girlfriend for 10 years. Same girlfriend? Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's impressive. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> Amazing. Congratulations. You can get through anything. I love love. That's awesome. <laughs> but you've been in Montreal the whole time, correct? Yes. So, so Chantel, like she was able to continue to speak French, which I'm sure made it much easier instead of going from like, I don't know, France to yeah. Brazil oh, yeah. or something crazy. Although yeah, you do exactly. speak Spanish, well, that's Portuguese, but I know you're multilingual. That was another question I had for you is, that, do you think that being multi or bilingual is an asset in this field? Yes, if you master English instead of having my awful accent, it, it should work. <laughs> No, but you know, <laughs> thank you. But seriously, I'm, I think it offers more opportunities and perspectives to, you know, pick some, some, some another language. And I really wish I could speak more languages because I speak like English and French and I have some basics in German, but and a little basic in, in Spanish, but you know, it doesn't count because I only knew a few words and a few sentences. Mm -hmm. Like I, I know how to say, uh, can you give me your credit card in Spanish? So it's not very- <laughs> <laughs> Inappropriate, <laughs> such an appropriate. <laughs> yeah, but it was very useful in right. hospitality no. services. Oh, you know, right. No, it's not yeah. very useful anymore. So if you ask someone, if you ask this to someone in cybersecurity, they're going to look at you like, <laughs> right, <laughs> what are exactly. you doing? Exactly. You're an actual hacker. You're like, give me your credit card. What's <laughs> your you. password? <laughs> in Spanish. 
<laughs> but you know what's interesting about speaking French is that for my blog, all the open source uh, articles are, are written in English, you know, so people approach me because they're happy to find things in French, because even if you do understand English, sometimes it's easier when you're starting out in the field to find documentation in your own language, you know, because of the uh, technical words and everything. Sure. So, so right. that's, yeah, I think it's always an asset to be able to speak many languages. I do think it's cool that you don't just stick to one. You, you do, you blog, you blog and you post and retweet all your things. So like you use both languages and that's great. I try to do that more with like events that I'm a part of creating. And I'm like, we should hold more things in other languages because while most people do know English, maybe they're apt to join if we have a version in French or just like a session or a right. session in Spanish and just giving people more opportunity to just absorb in their own native language. Yeah, and it could be also a good opportunity for people to learn another language. So. Exactly. You're right. This is honestly kind of motivating me to like get on top of learning Spanish more, you know, like my wife. Yeah, French. my wife. Yeah, French too. My wife, she speaks multiple languages, uh, English, Spanish, Portuguese, and French. And I am always just in awe of like, I don't know how she can just switch to all those different languages. But but yeah, I, I guess I never really thought about how many opportunities networking wise that would actually open up, you know, in, from a security perspective, at least. Yeah, and also for uh, also job opportunities. I mean, sometimes they, they are looking for very specific people who speak like, I don't know, Dutch or... And so if, if you speak this language, you, you have uh, one asset more and you have access to another opportunity that you maybe wouldn't have access if you didn't speak uh, Dutch or something, you know? You're um, so right. There's always two that come to mind for me and one is obviously Russian and because Russia. Yes. And I'm like, man, I wish I knew russian and then I, if something I goes down that. i could look at it and be like that's russian um <laughs> <laughs> i actually attempted to learn russian uh once and i stopped with the alphabet because there are what uh 32 letters in the russian alphabet i believe if um, i'm remembering correctly yeah there's like 32 letters and i struggled you know which you know you're going to struggle with anything new you learn yeah but yeah same and then the other is chinese because i'm into ai and oh, yeah. I, I think it's very interesting and important. And everything I read is like, China's going to take over. So I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> now's the time to learn Chinese and just move there before that happens. No, but it's, it's I know, crazy. I have been it forever that China's going to take over everything. It's just yeah. like, oh, well, we can work together. It's fine. They might though. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> a little. So, so, maybe a little. <laughs> So from your intro, Gabby, I have other questions. So what was your favorite RPG game? Uh, so the one I really played a lot was World of Warcraft. Okay. What? <laughs> uh, a long time ago, and now I, I kind of stopped a little, but I also really like to play um, Elder Scroll. Uh, okay. Skyrim, yep. sorry. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that one. Which was really cool. And recently I played uh, The Witcher. The Witcher? Uh, which I really enjoyed as well. I've played the Witcher times and heard good things. Yeah. Like the Netflix show? Yep. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was a game too. All yeah. Right. So yeah. it's not uh, online with multiplayers, but it's an RPG. So it's very nice. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I, I only know about it because my nephew brought it up from the iPad one time and I was like, you should not be watching this. Uh, he, <laughs> he was three at the time. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then my other question was, you did mention that you created your self-study plan. So like, I want to know how you went about that because I know the internet is just a black hole and you can get lost in how to even start that. And also I know you did some study. Well, I'm going to say abroad, but it was abroad for you while you were in France in Amsterdam, correct? Uh, it was summer school uh, in, in the Netherlands. Yes. In uh, okay. uh, uh, Den Haag. So like, how did you, how did you create your plan and how did you get the opportunity to go to that summer school or like what did you do to get into I know like they accept a a certain amount of people so so to do this self-study program I relied on um, on a concept uh, called apprenance it's a science education concept so what I did is that I mixed a different way of learning like CTF like uh, learning um, expeditions which is what I did in the Netherlands And also I went to conferences and I got involved in communities and everything. And so uh, to get in the Netherlands, I looked up uh, the possibility of summer schools and I found one in uh, Ukraine, which is the first one I did. It was uh, very, very nice. And I I really got the confirmation that it was um, pen testing that I really liked. And then I went to uh, the one in the Netherlands, which was more uh, broad and more general and more uh, holistic, you know? And so it was very, very uh, inspiring. And and I met a lot of people from all over the world at both those summer schools. For the one in the Netherlands, there was, because you know, they have uh, Europol in the Netherlands and they also have NATO uh, office there. And so uh, it was made and they, they, they did this summer school. So well, you have to apply and uh, there's a fee which is not that expensive and you get to spend one week and you go to you have a project that you have to do uh, with with a group so it's very cool because you get to know people and uh, so I, I i was in contact with someone from germany someone from uh, sweden and someone from canada so it was also mixed up in terms of uh, our skills so I was more technical and people were more, uh, someone was uh, working more on a low, uh, you know, uh, field. Mm-hmm. So it was very, very interesting because you get to learn also uh, not only technical things, but also things that are more holistic. And, and so that's what, that's what I really like, because this is also what I really like uh, about cybersecurity is the, the mix of the people and the subjects you have in here. I mean, it's uh, it's so rich, you never get bored because you have so many things to learn. Yes. And so, yeah, this is this is what what was really cool about this summer school. Awesome. And, and so, you know, traditional schooling is, is different because I don't know, you know, recently I, I counted the number of years I stayed in school and uh, I was I was shocked. Like, I think it was one third of my life. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> oh you mean from like like growing up until yeah like from the, when you're a kid yeah. uh, like from preschool until the the university and it's yeah. one third it's actually one third of a life yeah and wow. i i didn't think this one third got me ready for the workplace or to adapt you know to the changing world right. and also it does not prepare us for the lifelong learning you're going to have to do now mm-hmm. because uh as I just said, the world is changing and now we have to learn all along our life. And so, you know, the way school 
teach is not adapted also to all learners. So that is to say, sometimes more students are not ready at the time uh, they are taught a certain subject, you know, to hear and understand it. Yeah. And sometimes the methodology they use, it's only working for some people, but uh, and for some uh, specific learner profile, you know. Right. So atypical profiles are discarded in favor of students, you know, who meet the code of the elite. And so, you know, technologies such as artificial intelligence, you know, it can now help us to adapt to educational content of all kinds, you know, for, for these this different profiles so that everyone can have, you know, a place in this world. Right, right. <laughs> and, and I think also financially, you have to go in debt or you have to come from a family that has the means to allow their children to go to yeah. study. And for me, this is like the biggest inequality that can exist in, in our modern society because uh, there will be those who will have access to the information and those who will not have access. And, and this will build gaps that are, you know, impossible to fill over a, a yep. lifetime, you know? So, exactly. and so for example, in, in France, uh, someone who grew up with working class parents uh, would need 180 years to become part of the middle class. And it's, wow. I, 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 I mean, it's, it's crazy. And so, yeah, I think that the current educational system, it's neither fair nor adapted to the society we, we live in. And, mm. and it should, you know, get adapted to every learning profile because uh, it's 2021. I mean, <laughs> that's, I agree. Right. Yeah. That's one of the things I love about cybersecurity is that, well, and, and a lot of technology and computer science in general is that you can go on the internet and there's a lot of information, like so much. The hard part about it is, right, how do you, specifically for cybersecurity or pen testing, how do you narrow down like what's proper to learn for that field exactly? And I think that's the hard part, but the wealth of information is there, which is amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, how did you like guide yourself to pick the specific things you did learn? So I took, uh, I, I had a look at a master degree of, of a university and the content of it. Okay. And I narrowed on the subject matters and I narrowed on things that would be adapted to me, to my way of learning. Uh, I also brought through uh, job um, postings. So I had like this mix of academic and uh, workforce and also my profile and what I already knew like for example I was a developer when I started this so I did not really need to go in depth for uh, uh, coding so I had more you know to to get to learn a little more about networking for instance or cybersecurity laws or things like this and so this is how I narrowed down this and also I know that I'm someone who needs to do uh, like learning by doing, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I wish Triacme existed when I uh, when I started oh because yeah, it was not so there great. yet, you know. Yeah, it's so cool because they they have these boxes. They explain everything step by step. So and they even have a box to uh, teach you how to uh, make the platform work. So it's it's like you have it. Uh, you can really um, learn from the beginning. So I, uh, what I used at the time is a platform called rootme.org, which is uh, also very good. It's a CTF platform. And so they, they will provide you documentation and, it's, uh, and you have little challenges, uh, web and uh, networking and different challenges. So, so this was very cool. And I would have also, um, if I had known, probably uh, 
tried bug bounty maybe before because I think it's also a nice way to learn mm -hmm. because you don't have the pressure uh, and you just have to you know try to find something and you can uh, and it's legal so you just have to uh, try it, your things out and it's so the context is more adapted to real life than it would be on the CTF platforms. Sure. Was that root me? Is that what you said? Yes. R-O-O-T dot M-E? Oh, yeah, root me. Yeah. I'm familiar with that okay. one. Okay. I haven't heard of that before. It's uh, R-O-O-T dash M-E dot O-R-G. Okay. But I do want to ask, what is NorthSec more specifically, and what's your role in it? So NorthSec is a security conference, and it hosts a CTF, which is known for being one of the hardest. And it takes place in Montreal every spring around May. And so I am a VP communication at NorSec conference. So I will, you know, like uh, plan action to build the community, promote diversity and plan communication and content strategies. So for example, uh, this year I initiated a contest called Do We Look Like Hackers, which you both know. And, and the goal was to promote diversity in the workforce and also break stereotypes about the world hacker because the world hacker is often uh, associated with uh, cyber criminals. And also we wanted to break the stereotypical image of the hacker like in hoodies and um, you know, <laughs> by, by showing the, the true face of cybersecurity workforce. Right. So, so we asked everybody to share a picture of themselves and you two, uh, you two so contributed with your great pics. <laughs> yeah. And at the end, um, with the help of this company called GoSecure, we produced a video with all the pictures we received. And, and so I'm very, I really like this video. GoSecure actually um, made it uh, done by a professional and it's very nice and good. Uh, I, we get to see uh, every, every pictures of everyone and it's definitely not people with uh, hoodies. So <laughs> it's good. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. The video is great. It really was. It really was. I liked it a lot. Gabby, do you know how many people um, participated in that? Well, it was probably 200 or something like this. Like yeah, I was about to say, it had to, be, yeah. it had to be over 100. There were a lot of people I saw on there. So much fun. Yeah, it really was. So you recently earned your eLearn Security Cert, the EWPT, which is the eLearn uh, Certified Web Application Penetration Tester. Did I say all that right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So congratulations, first and foremost, on that. But we are curious to know if you're studying for any other exams or, you know, what's next on your radar, if anything. You know, my, my opinion about certifications is kind of mixed. <laughs> Yes, yeah. you know, exactly as I criticize the uh, traditional educational system and that it must improve, uh, cybersecurity right. certification, in a way, you know, they reproduce exactly the same flows. Like for some, they are expensive, for others, they are poorly organized and, you know, not pedagogical enough. So, and it's also a, a way of doing business that doesn't really, you know, evaluate your skills as a professional and, and put you in situations that are not necessarily realistic. So, yes, I took the WPT because my employer at the time asked me, and if I have to do another certification, of course I will do it because it's very good for employers. But, you know, to conclude, it's another way to create injustice because of the cost of this certification and also because it's not adapted for people who are not, you know, comfortable taking exams and yet could be very good people in the field. So, right. I really don't know what to think about certifications because you know we saw them on job postings all the time. But mm -hmm. what 
is reassuring for me is I got an opportunity and I, I got hired without a certification. So it's possible. And I think it's good because when people want you to have a master's degree to, to get to a, a first job experience, it's, it's you don't have like it doesn't have any sense you know to ask for that higher diploma to to get to a job right right exactly and i'm with you on the whole certification thing i'm such a huge fan of e-learn security and their certifications because they are real world i've been one of the lucky ones to get some pen testing experience prior to like getting certifications i got their ecppt certification and i really enjoyed it I'm going to be sitting for the OSCP in a few days, a few days after, you know, the recording of this episode, but I'm not in love with the idea of hacking into something in only 24 hours. Like yeah. it's stressful. It's not real world. Sure. There's clout behind it. It's popular, but like, I, I truly have an issue with it. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. I'm bothered yeah, yeah. by it. Yeah, 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 I completely understand this. This is so stressful. And who uh, in the real world will ask you to do a pen test in 24 hours? You know, it's like. Uh, exactly. To exactly. me, it's like, it's like, who would have to do any math aside from just simple multiplication, division, subtraction, or addition and not have a calculator or some tool yeah. to like help a computer. Like you're yeah. never just going to be like, well, I'm going to solve this problem in I my head. Only, <laughs> I can only use Metasploit one time today within yeah, the 24 hours. It's not hour realistic. Period. It's really not. And again, it's why I'm such a huge fan of e-learn security because like, come on, like they're giving you a week to do the actual pen test another week to do the report. Like that's what it's actually like when you work in the field. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. I, I'm with you, Gabrielle. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> and the report is really the one, like it was really similar to the one we would do uh, at my job. You know, it was yeah. exactly um, presented like this. So it was very realistic. Hey, you know, somebody in here just recently got promoted to a pen testing role. <laughs> Amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm sure there's going to be, area. I'm sure there's going to be some reporting involved. Can we talk a little bit about that as far as like for people who don't really know everything that comes with being a pen tester and they just see like the hacking part and that's cool and it does take skill. There's also like the reporting part that comes along with it. So the first part of a pen test report would be a part for the executive of a company to uh, understand what you found in your report. So it has to be high level explanations because they don't want to go into technical details because they are not the one who are going to, you know, um, patch the vulnerabilities. So you, you have to find a way to explain very clearly and without too many technical details how uh, what you found and uh, in terms of the company you are uh, system you are testing, uh, what is important? What are the very um, the vulnerability you would consider? Because you know even with a rating score like CVSS or uh, OWASP risk rating uh, methodology, it's good, but you don't always have the business impact, and you are the one who are able to give the business impact because it's something you have discussed priorly with the company you are testing uh, the system with. So you have this part, which is very important and very helpful for the person who uh, are taking care of this. And also, you after you have the vulnerability report part, which is, I really like also this part because you can take it also for 
using for bug bounty report also if you are in bug bounty you, do, you don't need the executive part but the vulnerability part is good right. and so you have to give in one word the like medium high or critical uh, severity also you have to uh, show the score most of the time it's a cvss score and uh, then you have to uh, show which item is affected so for instance if you find a cross site scripting vulnerability you have to uh, show uh, where is the injection point with just a link or something it depends okay. where, where you find it and you also after this have to explain uh, very uh, technical details this time what you did to uh, get to trigger this how you exploited it and uh, in the end you give also uh, how do you correct it and you, it's good also to give resources. Like if it's for web pen test, you, you have a lot of uh, good things like uh, the uh, OWASP uh, documentation is very good for providing details on how to correct something. And also I, I can recommend also, the, uh, I usually use a lot the book of uh, Tanya Janka, um, uh, Alice and Bob Learn Security Application because it's very good to explain uh, how to correct uh, uh, different vulnerabilities. And it's really helpful if you want to um, to explain it, you know, for developers. It is a great book. She breaks it down really nicely from beginning to end, too, in a really straightforward way to learn. Like making the conversations yeah. about Alice and Bob is like, it's so cool. I just started that book. Yeah, it's good. I get to get through it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll ask the next question. So. I guess these are sort of like two questions here. And this is actually a question that I've been asking a ton of people recently because I am expecting kids soon, like days away soon. So, you know, I'm about to be a parent. So I'm trying to like understand like everyone else's work-life balance life looks like. Like, what does that look like for you? What do you enjoy doing outside of work, outside of pen testing? Okay, so outside of work, like recently because of, you know, COVID, I have binge watched a lot of shows. <laughs> <laughs> like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Like, for instance, I watched the full X-Files. You know how many seasons you have in X-Files? Like, I don't know how many, but... That's amazing. Like, oh, all man. of them. That's impressive. <laughs> That's so uh, cool. <laughs> and also, you know, I watch a few seasons of uh, American Horror Story. Okay. Because oh. I was very obsessed with Sarah Paulson, but I, I could not finish it because it was too gore for me. <laughs> like, it got crazy. <laughs> Did you watch her other show that came out? Um, American Crime Story? No, Ratchet. Oh, yes. My God, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I can tell. I can tell. Yeah. Ratchet. So you like scary stuff. So does Chantel. I, I used to. I, I, I have scary stuff. I love scary stuff. Like I love watching just horror movies. Like that's how I relax. Sometimes when I'm hacking. That it's relaxing. Like, yeah. Like seriously, sometimes while I'm hacking, I will literally like have my headphones in, have a horror movie playing on my phone and I'll flip my phone over just to have it as white noise in the background. I love horror movies. I love it. I know. It's kind of crazy. If I didn't know you, I'd be a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But still, I, I love horror movies. They're, they're amazing. So do, do you stay still when the scene is very, very gore? <laughs> like, or do you hide a little your eyes? <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, I might jump a tiny bit, but for the most part, I'm like smiling because I'm like, yo, this is amazing <laughs> writing. This is a great story. Like, I love it. I usually honestly only jump 
when a horror or thriller movie is like a little too real you know, like uh, I think there's one movie called The Strangers that came out in the. Don't 2000s. like that. Yeah, the I Strangers. didn't like that. Yeah, I did not like that one. There's that one, and there's um, God, I forgot the one where the guy like gets locked in a box by some intruder, or whatever. Uh, it, it's called The Collector. I think it's called The Collector. I might totally be wrong. But yeah, I worked at a movie theater at the time and you know how we used to have to like walk through the theater with our flashlights and count how many people were in the theater. I remember when The Collector came out and after I had watched it, I went up to my manager. I said, I will not be doing walkthroughs through that theater. It freaks me out. Like, so it, it's kind of funny. Like it's more of like the real life stuff that creeps me out a little bit more, but it doesn't happen too often. Most of the time I'm smiling and I'm excited. <laughs> Well, pretty great. You're lucky <laughs> because I really want to finish American Horror Story, but uh, I, I can't right now. It's too much. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I'm not big on gore. <laughs> yeah, I don't like anything that could actually happen in real life. It freaks me out. Yeah. I don't think. So. Well, I hope Saw doesn't happen, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so when it's not COVID, what would you be doing? So I also read a lot. I'm like currently uh, reading Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn, which is a very good book. But yes, when we are locked, uh, locked down, I enjoy to travel and practice different sports. So when I arrived in Canada, for example, I took a class of Krav Maga, which is uh, a oh, modern oh. art. <laughs> it was, That's awesome. It so really fun. is. Oh my God. <laughs> And uh, before coming in Canada, I started to learn piano, but I have to leave my piano in France, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's so Sad. cool. You're a hacker and a, and a Krav Maga, you know, <laughs> finesser. I love that. That's wild. That really so, is. So how do you maintain the balance between like so working I, and... Well, I, I set schedules for myself and I prioritize. It's like, it's... Uh, very important to prioritize. And above all, I set up routines to be sure to be efficient for both myself and my professional life. It's really kind of give yourself times, like from uh, this time to this time, it's only work and, and just work. And you also put some breaks in it because sometimes you are going to work, uh, like I'm going to try to trigger something on, a, on something I'm testing and it's not gonna work. And so I will, I will just go outside, have a walk for five minutes or, you know, just clean the kitchen or something else. And when I come back, I like my brain will have rest a little and I will be able to actually do something and, and make it uh, what I wanted, uh, like trigger this cross-site scripting I couldn't have or something else. Right. You know? Yeah. Unblock yourself a little bit. You're right. So, yeah, I, I say also I make a lot of lists, you know what is important, what is not important. So what I want to, to do. So it, the list for planning and the list for things I have to currently do. So this is also very helpful. But I think it's a very personal uh, process. I don't think uh, the way I do it would work for everybody. Like, yeah, you know, what, what, do you, what do you do? I mean, do you plan a lot or do you just... Uh, go and on the way like uh, today I'm gonna work and yeah it's I think it's different for everyone I try to plan I do take a lot of like I do make a lot of lists 
and then they're in many places and I'm like so many lists but <laughs> <laughs> I recently painted a wall as a whiteboard so I have like a whiteboard wall which is nice because I can just sit there and like write on it and then when I'm done I just like wipe it off right and instead of like before I had a bunch of sticky notes and I was like why did I buy these but I keep using them <laughs> I like that but like, I like being able to, I have like object permanence. So if I can't see something, I'll seriously forget about it. Right. Um, and so I like being able to see it on the wall and that gives me enough space for like a lot of things. So that was a pretty cool thing that I was able to do. Yeah, I plan a lot too. I have to plan and, and lately I find myself like if I don't have something in my calendar, I'm especially gonna forget about it. So yeah, <laughs> I've been yeah. trying to be better about actually scheduling things within my calendar, like no matter how small the task. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I hear you. I, I used reminder the reminder app a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> like yeah. every week when I have something to do, every week I have to it's so useful. Our, so <laughs> useful. <laughs> I don't know and, if it was Chris Roberts or someone else. I feel like it was him. Don't quote me on that, but him or someone similarly is awesome showed their calendar at some point and it was just like everything is planned out all day because he built in like eat lunch do this time for yourself dog whatever right and it's like if you don't plan it out well for some people if you don't plan everything out like you won't make time for it or like someone else will try to fit something in there you know and that's what happened to me a lot is that I, I had a bunch of open spots on my calendar at work and then it was like people were like just throw stuff on there and I'm like where did this even come from right so I right. just like I use the focus time that we have in Outlook a lot and it's helped because I just like I just put it in there and then if somebody tries to like book over it I'm like what is this meeting <laughs> what is this meeting about <laughs> but yeah. most of the time they're pretty good about you know putting it where I've left blank spots so that I know I have time to like check my emails and actually work or take a break but you know there's some time in there for myself too yeah I, I imagine people that are only in meetings all day every day they I, I would hope at least that they're scheduling things like that I mean I yeah. don't want to be a manager because it looks like people just go from meetings to meetings but yeah scheduling time to actually work yeah needed <laughs> what were you gonna say Gabby I said it's also this feature uh, on Outlook and I also another calendar where you are able to see someone else's uh, calendar so if you want to book for someone it's very cool because you 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 won't have to just uh, select a spot and the person is free you know she's she or he is free and it's 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 very cool yeah i do like yeah. that i like that feature a lot it makes it makes life a lot easier i recently found out that you can is it cortana yeah so i know not everyone has a pc some people have macs but it, for those of you who have cortana you can like yeah or something it's something similar you like email cortana and you're like schedule a time for this meeting and it will do it for you oh i didn't know that i'll have to find out the details it's pretty cool because then you don't even have to go look at the calendars it just does it and then if you're like no it'll reschedule another one um, so that's pretty cool I automate the things it's, it's nice great. gabby what's the best advice you've received about getting into or advancing your career in cybersecurity? so the best advice i i had was <laughs> 12 years ago when my girlfriend told me to make a list of what I like and what I don't like to help me find my career path, you know. 
So this is how I got into computer science and how I decided to take a bachelor degree. And also something funny is that she always saw me as a hacker because of how I would manage to do things. And after it, it revealed itself to me uh, when I worked as a developer, and uh, as I mentioned you know, earlier, but she accompanied me during uh, my adventure to, to make the transition between uh, development and pen testing. So like, I'm very grateful to her for this. But you know, self-teaching is, is great because you adapt the program to your profile. But I would say that if it's possible to have a mentor during this period, it's important because you know, it allows you to stay on track and because you know, she's a pedagogical engineer. And so it really was helpful for me to stay on track because she knows what uh, everything edu educational related. So it was very, very helpful. So, and finally, I would add that to break into cyber security. Like if I had to give an advice, uh, I mean, it might seem, you know, strange, but do not wait for the society permissions to create your own path. Just, just go for it. Because, uh, you know, if it's what you want to do, like you don't have to wait for anyone or anybody permission to do it. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love that advice. Like, I honestly feel like I live by that a lot. Like, I don't have to wait on anyone to tell me that I should wait three years into my career to then go and do reverse engineering or something like that. You know, like, if I'm interested in it now, I'm going to go and study it, learn it, and do it. Yes, yeah. I love that. Listen to Gabrielle, people. Listen. <laughs> do it. That's one of my biggest pet peeves is I see people who have, like, aspiring cybersecurity, whatever, but they've already done some things and they have some skills and I'm like, take aspiring off. You're doing it. You're exactly. just, you are that. You're already exactly. doing it. Whether it's exactly. your job right now or not, you're already it. Yep. And even if you're not, you can pretend and then you <laughs> will actually be doing it anyway. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. I was calling myself a hacker well before I was like even deep into it or, or just like before I got to where I am now, you know? I'm much better at hacking now, but like, even as I was starting, I was like, oh yeah, I'm a hacker. I can, I can do this. If you listen to everyone, you, you, you waste time. You waste so much time. You really do. It is important having a partner who understands what you're going through too, though. And that like that change is going to take time and focus. And you probably weren't able to like binge watch a bunch of shows during your learning period <laughs> or True. hang out as much, but <laughs> afterwards you can, it is a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But if you're hungry, you, you can make it happen. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm so impressed by all the things you've accomplished, Gabriella, and I can't wait to hear more in the future and see what else you do and what happens with Norsec and just your whole adventure. So, yeah, same here. And if you haven't heard of Norsec, like seriously, go check it out. They're doing amazing things. Some like cool, really cool workshops and stuff. Like seriously, go and check out Norsec if you haven't heard of it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Gabby. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, you too. And thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, me too. Okay, so we'll we'll see each other soon when we all meet up in Canada and then go to France. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Focal Point Podcast with Angela Marafino and Chantel Sims. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. 
If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.